This is episode 522 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Yellowstone, the natural wonder that will kill America. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible Books allows you to listen to the best books when you are on the go. I love to listen to podcasts and audiobooks and learning while I stay busy doing other things, especially getting ready in the morning and driving. Right now, Audible is offering two free audiobook downloads when you join Audible for a trial period. And if you choose not to stay with Audible after the trial period, you still get to keep the audiobooks. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash audible. All right, everyone. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You.com. And again, the title is Yellowstone, the Natural Wonder That Will Kill America. You know, when I was uh, reading that at the very beginning, at the opening of the podcast, and just reading that casually, I was like, hey, Yellowstone, the natural wonder, it's going to kill America. Just here you go. Um, So there's a little bit of truth to it, and there's a little bit of thought you need to put into this. I love what Salty and Spice contributed to this as well. I love what they did with this article. And so, uh, you know, this is something that always comes up in prepper circles. You know, EMP, super volcano, all that kind of stuff. So uh, I love what they did here. So hopefully you will glean some knowledge. If not just, you know, hey, what should you do in a super volcano explosion? But what would you, or if it pops off or whatever, right? Um, but also some interesting information about what causes it and other things that you might not have ever considered before if it's not something that you've researched. So let's go ahead and jump into this one. Again, Yellowstone, the natural wonder that will kill America. Yellowstone is one of the most amazing, beautiful, magical, and awe-inspiring places on the planet. It is unique, a place of incomparable wonder that enchants millions of visitors a year. Yellowstone is also a monster that is going to wipe out life as we know it in North America and much of the world. So both of these statements are true. Yellowstone is a supervolcano, a ticking time bomb, the end of the world as we know it, or Teotihuacan, producer sitting silently under the American redoubt, boiling away. It's also something that Spice and I don't specifically prep for. So why we don't specifically prep for a Yellowstone Teotihuacan? I can see quite a few virtual eyebrows raising at the statement that Spice and I don't prep for Yellowstone erupting. I think, well, why not? It's a reasonable question, so I will answer it up front. If Yellowstone pops, it's really, really big court, then absolutely none of our bug-in, bug-out, or regional bug-out plans will work. Everything that we have planned for, the homestead, the place, Mammy's house, Our alternate bug-out towns, we have two of them, will all be entirely destroyed by the ash cloud from Yellowstone. So here's a projection of the catastrophic damage area from a full-scale Yellowstone eruption. 
All right, guys, so this is, uh, if you've never seen this map, this is one of those that you really need to, to check out. It's a map of the United States with, of, co of course, it's color-coded, right? And uh, you have ash all over, I mean, covering the whole United States. And, of course, as you get further east, it's going to be less and less. As you get, you know, south uh, southeast, um, you know, it's probably the, the smallest amount of ash. But even in Texas, we can have anywhere between 1 and 10 inches of ash and so you might be thinking to yourself, well, Ash, no big deal. But, you know, wait a minute. Let's go ahead. We'll get to it in just a second. Uh, that information that you need to know about volcanic ash. So let's continue going. We live in North Missouri, as does Mammy and The Place. And guys, if, you, uh, if you've never listened or uh, heard me read an article uh, from Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You, The Place is their homestead that uh, Salty and Spice refer to. So uh, let me let me read that again. We live in North Missouri, as does Mammy, and the place is in North Missouri. Our two bug-out towns are in northwestern Iowa and central Nebraska. As you can see, we are looking at, if these calculations are close, around 25 millimeters or right at one inch of ash on up to 100 millimeters of ash or about four inches in the western part of North Missouri. So what does this mean for us? We get to do the big time bug out boogie. That's right. It's load up the car and become road people because there's just not going to be much point in sticking around and waiting it out. We are in zone five and our fallout prediction looks like this. Buildings are at risk of collapse if the roofs are not immediately cleared of ash and we have a ton of nearly flat roofed buildings. Remember, Volcanic ash doubles in weight if it's wet. So if this ash comes with rain, which is highly likely, then bad things will be happening across much of the western Midwest. Rainwater collection systems would be wrecked with ash. Trees would be severely damaged, as would our plants. We can kiss all our hard work on our orchards goodbye. Road traffic would ground to a halt as trucks and cars die horrible deaths from ash intake damage. Rail lines might or might not still operate. Electricity will fail because ash short circuits substations and other power infrastructure. So, we won't be able to move short of walking. We will be in the dark for a very long time. Our house might collapse. Our drinking water that's not storage will be fouled. We will risk our lungs every time we open the door. Our trees will die. Our garden will fail. Yeah, this isn't very good. So what is all this Yellowstone fuss about anyway? The Yellowstone is one of a handful of super volcanoes we have on the Earth. So let's lean on the United States Geological Survey, or USGS, to explain the situation. Quote, over the past 2.2 million years, the 17,000-kilometer Yellowstone Plateau has been shaped by explosive eruptions and profound collapse of the ground, enormously thick lava flows, uplift and extensive faulting, and the erosive power of flowing water and ice. Three cycles of high-volume eruptions each climaxed with an immense explosive phase which produced pyroclastic density currents that deposited thick ignimbrite, followed by collapse of an area centered above the evacuated magma chamber, which formed a caldera. Okay, so, and that's in quote right there. So here's Salty's version. 
There's a weak spot under the North American continental plate that has allowed molten rock to get really close to the surface. Every few hundred thousand years, a rupture occurs and there's a big super huge boom and it blows this big huge hole right through the Rocky Mountains, killing everything within hundreds if not thousands of miles. The last time this happened was about 600,000 years ago. It happens on average every 600,000 or so years. Do you see the problem? So if Yellowstone blows up, if Yellowstone pops its cork, it's pretty much going to take everything right around it up in a big cloud in the sky or kill it outright with so much ash, nothing can stand up to it. And when I mean right around, I mean pretty much all of Idaho, Montana, and Wyoming, all of northern Colorado, down to south of Denver, the western halves of South Dakota and Nebraska. Kind of a big deal if you happen to live in those areas. It will dump untold tons of volcanic ash all over everything, and that's going to be a huge problem for North America. So what's volcanic ash exactly? Volcanic ash is nasty stuff. Think of it as tiny little rocks and natural glass ejected miles up into the sky by a volcano when it pops its cork. It's not like regular dust nor the ash left by a wood fire. No, this stuff is really abrasive to both animals and machine. The stuff can clog the lungs of any animal, and I'm counting people as animals in this example, and threaten your health. It can destroy jet engines in a minute. It is conductive so it can fry electrical and telecommunications, damage electronics, and clog any type of air intake. It makes a mess of lakes, and it doubles in weight when wet, which can kill roofs. The stuff blows around a lot, which means that every time a wind blows, it's like a new ash storm. Cars driving over 5 miles per hour stir up a huge plume of ash behind them. It's a real mess. Alright, so Salty, you've sold me that it's bad. So, I don't get why you guys don't prep for this obviously bad event. Well, the answer is kind of twofold. First, the chances of Yellowstone erupting without giving off significant warning signs are so low as to not bear considering. The USGS has a huge operation there at Yellowstone. The USGS Yellowstone Observatory, YVO, whose main task is to measure and monitor every little shake, shimmy, and rumble the big volcano makes. The last time I was at the Hawaiian Volcano Observatory, or HVO, at Kilauea, I talked with a USGS scientist on temporary loan to the HVO from the YVO and I asked him point blank if the general public would know with plenty of warning if Yellowstone started getting frisky. He told me that this is job one of the YVO, public safety, and while he may have been spinning me, he was looking me in the eye and I believed him. So what did the USGS scientist think? I also asked him what his thoughts about the chances Yellowstone would blow in the next 50 years and he said that the signs were currently very stable. But then he stated that we have no real way of knowing how full the magma chamber is and that changes can happen quickly with the volcano. So basically he thought short term, like the next five or so years, that it would be pretty unlikely. After that he couldn't say. That talk happened about six years ago. The second reason we don't specifically prep for Yellowstone is that it's just plain one of our catastrophic bug out scenarios. 
Because there would be too many unknowns, we would hit the road heading south and east and get to a location where we could stop and reevaluate as conditions become more clear. We could just bug in, but there's a lot of risk in doing that if the ash fall is much heavier than we had anticipated. So now we come back to our bug out plans. There are just plain times when you have to bug out, period. So everybody needs a bug out plan. And that plan needs to include places to head locally, regionally, in a nearby state, and a thousand miles away. We have that kind of a bug out plan, so that's why we don't really prep for Yellowstone. If she blows, and if it's bad, we will see you somewhere down the road. So here are some pictures that Spice took of Yellowstone. And uh, some really cool pictures. So they're all, you know, her own. These are not like stock photos that they grabbed off the internet somewhere. So uh, really cool pictures that, uh, you know, one reason why, why you want to come and check out this article over here at Beans, Bullets, Bandages, and You. So Spice gave just a little bit here towards the end, uh, wrote a, a two paragraphs. So let me go ahead and, and conclude with these. Spice's note, hiking in Yellowstone is walking over an unquiet earth. It's not just a couple of big tourist trap geysers and some pretty pools. It's walking along the game trails to find a steaming mound breathing brimstone. It's crossing a creek and finding the water warm as a hot bath. It's checking a hillside for the wolf pack you hear howling and seeing instead gouts of boiling water jetting dozens of feet into the air from a geyser no one even bothers to visit. The hot core of the earth is just under your feet, and it feels very much alive. Yellowstone will trash a whole quarter of the planet when it goes, and the ash cloud might well usher in the next ice age. It probably won't happen in my life, but it might. Until then, I'll gladly walk over that unquiet earth. All right, so a little poetry there to uh, to end the uh, the article. So very interesting, right? So one of the things that I uh, I enjoyed reading as well were the comments. So there's people, of course, there's people that prep for super volcanoes. So they have an idea of what might happen. Maybe they've done some research and they will they will deal with it. Again, a super volcano is not like a volcano going. We have volcanoes going off and causing problems. That is something that it seems like lately we've been hearing a whole lot about. Uh, you know, where volcanoes are erupting, but a super volcano is a whole different story. Now, I wanted to read this last comment because uh, this comment was from Michael because his family uh, was in Washington during the St. Helens uh, volcano erupting. And I, I do remember being a kid and, uh, you know, hearing the news reports about that and how, you know, I remember that there was this one old man who did not want to come off the mountain. You know, th that was his his home and he was going to stay there. And uh, from what I remember, I think he died. Right. So the lava just came came flowing down. But uh, let me read this comment really quick. It's rare that I read comments, but I thought this was interesting. So here we go. My family ranch in Salo, Washington, was directly in St. Helens Ash Cloud. Collapsed the barn, we shoveled it off the house roof like heavy snow. Redneck engineering added coarse air filters to our vehicles and tractors, but stupid folks removed filters as constantly jammed with ash. Moist bandanas were pretty standard breathing gear for several days. Chain drives wore out chains like crazy, like hay balers. 
chainsaws, and motorcycles. So even now we have spares on the ranch. We salvaged and rebuilt the barn and about the second year plus, we had bumper crops of alfalfa and had bought adjoining lands cheaply from folks who gave up. The year without a summer recounts the effects of a supervolcano in Asia blowing its top in ash blocking the sun. A prepper with two to three years storage foods, I feel, has a decent chance of doing well if human troubles don't kill you off. As one wise prepper told me, 80% of your SHTF problems will come from a 10-mile circle of your place. Plan accordingly. Know your neighbors. Know your troublemakers. Know your flood and fire hazards. And pray for wisdom and prepare. All right, so there's a couple of other comments as well, but I just wanted to read those. Um, that was Mount St. Helen in the ash from that. Again, not a super volcano, but it did cause a lot of trouble, a lot of problems. Um, you know, the roofs collapsed there, the barn collapsed. They shoveled uh, ash off of their home, he said. Um, I, you know, he didn't mention if it was wet or not. And, you know, I, I think it's very interesting in reading Salty's uh, article that when it gets wet, it's going to double in weight. And so, you know, houses uh, collapsing or roofs collapsing is uh, one of those things that you would have to think about. Um, having to deal with the filters, you know, coming up with a way to drive your vehicle and having another filter, a coarse filter, uh, as much as possible, filtering out the intake. So all that ash and junk wouldn't go through. Uh, I think that's interesting. And then the bandanas and all that. And then... Here's the, the the positive side of it is all the nutrients and stuff that was added to uh, to the soil. You know, I guess uh, they had bumper crops of alfalfa, and I just I don't know all that goes into all of that with uh, specifically with ash. But I, I really never thought about that ash being um, you know bits and pieces of glass. I just I don't know. I, I that's never come across my my reading. And uh, I've never really taken an interest in that, but I thought that was interesting as well because it's not like fine dust or sand or anything like that, or even you know uh, wood ash that you would find after you do after you uh, you uh, you know put out a fire or whatever. And so that's very interesting there that you would have to uh, to consider that because you breathe that stuff in, man, that's going to cut up your lungs and your insides, and and man, you you'll hurt from the inside, and so you got to be real careful there. So there's a lot uh, that goes goes into that. And so just uh, surviving, being around a volcano that's not a super volcano, you know, uh, that's one thing. But then being around that super volcano, that's that's a, that's like a whole complete game changer right there. And so some people would say, man, I don't even want to try to survive in that kind of situation. But I don't know, you know, so you could see yourself going down towards Mexico uh, I guess going up towards Canada, you would have to go really high up there because even some of the the light purple, which is going to be, and this is milliliters, not millimeters. I'm sorry, not not inches. I said one to ten inches in Texas. Uh, it's millimeters, like uh, Salty said in his article. So one to ten millimeters in Texas. And even going into like 30 in the panhandle. But for those of you like, you know, in the north, even going into Canada and the border there, I mean, you're looking still at, uh, you know, anywhere from 30 to 100 millimeters of, of ash. 
and then you know continue just going up from there or uh, i'm sorry dwindling from there so the smallest amounts are going to be in the southeast uh, when you get to you know georgia florida alabama um, you get you get over there that's where you're going to get the you know the the one to three millimeters so here's the other thing right if you live in one of those states even texas people moving from the north if they can i mean they're going to be traveling uh if their vehicles if they somehow make a, a crude filter that's able to you know go through all that ash and stuff like that they're going to have to fight through because people are going to want their vehicles and then so you have that and then you have people walking if they make it all the way down there uh down to you know to the southern states and then you know from there is like where do you go you know you you got to be able to continue going if for instance, Texas is completely, uh, completely destroyed. The south, uh, the southeastern states are completely, you know, inundated. And Texas, the southern portions of, of Texas, is completely inundated with, uh, you know, you got Louisiana and and Mississippi and stuff that that uh, have that one to three millimeters of of ash. But still, I mean, those states are going to be inundated with people making their way. Uh, from from the north if they can make it uh, that's that's going to be the deal if they can make it and then on top of that you're not going to have electricity you're not going to have all that kind of stuff right because the ash is going to short circuit all the electrical uh, you know substations and everything that you have so uh, then you wonder like Mexico like they'll put up a wall right like no we you people stay up there we don't want you people coming down to Mexico so uh, you can kind of imagine that. I can't remember what uh, which television series it was. It was one of those end of the world type things, and it was like some government thing that went awry and little I don't know machines or whatever that sucked up the energy. I can't remember what the name of it was. But anyway, at one point they do travel down to uh, to to the south, and there is a border wall. People are crossed, wanting to cross the border to work, you know, for food and stuff like that. So you wonder, you know, what would people do? How would people, you know, migrate? Where where would they go and all that kind of stuff? And then you'd have people that would try to, you know, fight it out and and stay where they're at. So, you know, one of those things to consider. But knowing that people deal with this, again, not the super volcano aspect of it, but people deal with this like in Chile and Papua New Guinea, I think, had a, a, a volcano starting to erupt and, and, and was uh, starting to... to uh, pop off and was causing alerts and stuff like that uh, just here the last couple of days. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that you consider. And if you find yourself in uh, in that situation, just know, I mean, if it's a super volcano, again, another thing, but even just being around a volcano, you got to protect your lungs. You got to protect yourself and uh, get, you know, get out of the ash, right? So again, guys, I'm going to link to this article like I link to every single one. And in the show notes, you can easily come over. Again, you might want to check out that map and the millimeters, you know, where your state is and how it would fare. And then, of course, the uh, the pictures down on the bottom with, uh, you know, Spice's pictures. They're really great pictures. And so you can come in and check this out. Uh, I've never been to Yellowstone myself. Uh, it's not something that I've just... 
desire to go to but uh i don't know maybe maybe it's one of those things that we take a trip down there and uh, like i said i like scenery and i like the i like the outdoors and so uh, i can see myself wanting to go and and uh you know be able to see some of this stuff in person uh great pictures beautiful pictures all right so uh thanks so much for that uh salty and spice for putting that article together and getting us to think a little bit more about volcanoes and super volcanoes. So guys, again, like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Well, everyone, that's it for episode 522. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.